the name of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Last week, for All Saints Day, we praise God for his salvation given to those members of Bethany who passed away this past year. Over the years, we've had many members pass away, and often I've been the pastor to speak to their loved one at the time of a member's death. When I speak to them, I want to acknowledge their sadness at that time and their sense of loss, while at the same time giving them comfort that their deceased member is safe and joyous with their Lord Jesus. And I want to make sure that the grieving family member knows that this is not my opinion, but rather what the Lord himself says. So I quote very often from this epistle lesson, especially the, the introduction to this. We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep, that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so through Jesus, God will bring with him those who've fallen asleep. There is no papering over the reality of death. The truth is that because of sin, all will suffer earthly death. Furthermore, either you will die first or your loved one will die first. There's no papering over the reality of death. Now, you live in a culture where you're bombarded with ways of lengthening your life. Your totality, eat, how to exercise, how to sleep, how to reduce stress, and many other things, so that your life expectancy might increase a few months, or maybe even a few years. But even if you could do all these different things in your life expectancy and quality of life, lengthens by decades. Those decades mean nothing in view of eternity. This emphasis on the current length and quality of life in our world oftentimes is used to hide the truth. And the truth is that you live before an eternal God and that you live eternally either in his joy and love or is judged as a sinner and lost to hell. Reality is reality and you face death and eternal death apart from Jesus Christ. However, in the face of death and the reality of death, there is truly good news. There is victory over death. The victory over sin and death is in Jesus Christ. He has paid your penalty for your sin by his death on the cross. He's risen victorious over death at Easter. He's risen and his resurrection is one that he never dies again. He is now ascended to the right hand of the Father and from there he gives you victory over sin, death, and hell. In Jesus and in Jesus only, therefore, you have hope. And the hope in Christ is a sure hope. Hope in Jesus is not earthly hope. In our earthly lives, and if you just think about your day-to-day -day life, you live with lots and lots of hopes, both big hopes and literal hopes. But we know our earthly hopes can be dashed. Sometimes, such as when you go to a grocery store, such as happened to me yesterday, and you discover they have no strawberries on the shelf. Now, sometimes uh, your favorite type of bread is out of stock. Or sometimes there's a much larger hope that's dashed, such as a, uh, a blizzard occurring when you want to fly to a family wedding, and you are the only one that can't make the wedding. Or you get sick. I had a good friend of mine, I, um, I was in his wedding, and, and he got food poisoning at his wedding reception and spent the whole honeymoon, basically. Um, he and his wife were sick their whole honeymoon in the Jamaica. However, hope in Jesus is always certain. It's far greater 
than we often think about or realize, and we don't focus on the hope that we have in Christ. It is a sure and it is eternal and is guaranteed by Christ himself. You see that over and over again in our epistle lesson. It's sweet, it's glorious. The world around you does not offer true hope. It's based on you being yourself and expecting that somehow God or some higher power will give you life over death. But that's not certain. That's not hope. It's a blind sense of hope. But hope in Jesus is not blind. It is sure and certain and it is eternal. It is your hope and it is the surety that all those, you and your loved ones who die in Christ, will share everlasting life in him eternally. To grieving Christians, Paul gave hope, and this is your hope as well. He says, but we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep, that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. Paul, in their text, lays out then carefully what will happen to all who have the sure hope of Christ. Believers in Christ do suffer earthly death. Their bodies are in the grave sleeping. Their souls are in paradise with Jesus, just as Jesus told the thief on the cross in Luke chapter 23. But what the Christian hope is, is the coming of Jesus. And he promises to come back and he will come back. And he'll raise believers in Christ and give them a glorified body. And he says this in Philippians chapter three. So we'll all have a glorified body like Jesus did after Easter. Those saints in Christ who are alive, and some might not die before Jesus comes back, they too will receive a glorified body. All the saints together will meet the Lord in the air, and then the Lord's going to bring us all to a new creation, the new Jerusalem, such as promised in Re Revelations 21 and 22. This new creation is also promised in Isaiah. You hear its glory over and over again. This is your anticipation. We're all going to be with Jesus, glorified bodies, forever and ever. The sure Christian hope gives a whole new view of time to you believers. The world's view of time is that their, your loved ones age and your loved ones decline and then they die and you're never going to see them again. Also, we know that we will physically decline and, and also mentally decline until we too die. And so that's what the future holds. That's the world's view. The future's not good, is it? But since we have the Christian hope, the sure hope in Jesus, we know that the best is always ahead of us. We will see Jesus face to face. All Christians will be united together and all of us together will be where there's no more death disease, dread, or despair. There's not going to be any more tears forever and ever. We will be with Jesus and his eternal kingdom with joy unceasing. That's our view of time. The best is always ahead of us. We'll be with Jesus forever. Right now you have the joy of Jesus Christ, but the joy of his return will be infinitely better than your joy right now. You'll be with him forever. His forgiveness of sins is sure. He did indeed die for you. you. Your reconciliation with God is sure. Jesus took away God's wrath on the cross for you. Your daily comfort in Christ is sure. He has promised to be with you to the ends of the age. Your resurrection is sure. Jesus has risen from the dead as the first fruits of those that sleep, and he promises to raise all believers in him. Your eternal life in him will be glorious. He's promised a place for you 
And when Jesus promises something, he fulfills his promises. The joy and hope that we have is always in Jesus and awaiting his return. Our joy is to see our Lord Jesus face to face. When will he come back? When will he return? 11.02 this morning, 11.02, 200 years from now? We don't know. But the Lord promises it. He will return. So our focus is on when the bridegroom will come. Our gospel lesson today is the parable of the ten virgins. The ten virgins await the bridegroom, but the wise ones are always prepared. They have extra oil. They are so eager for the coming of the bridegroom, they want to make sure, absolutely sure, that they are ready for him when he comes. They have one thing on their mind, and that is to see the bridegroom and to be at the wedding feast. Jesus is the bridegroom, and his church is the bride. As Christians, we have one thing on our mind. Jesus is coming back, and we're going to see Jesus forever. While it is such a joy right now, and indeed this is an anticipation of eternal life to be here in the divine service, we know we'll see him face to face. And he gives us a foretaste of that joy in his own body, and in his own blood. Also, we have a foretaste of that joy as we sing his praises together. But yet, and you know this very well because you know what your Sunday afternoons quite often are like and your Monday mornings, you still struggle with sinners. You still struggle with your earthly frailties, your impending death, the reality of the death of loved ones. We live in a corrupt and fallen world. Our joy in Jesus cannot be complete until we see him face to face. Our joy in Jesus cannot be complete until there's no more death, disease, pain, or tears for all Christians for all time. But we have hope. Our hope is in Jesus. Meanwhile, like Christians throughout the whole history of the church, we continue in this hope. We do have the peace that passes all understandings right now. We do know that Jesus is present with us now. We know he loves us. And in him right now, we have forgiveness of sins, life, and salvation. We know what awaits us. It's Jesus. We know what awaits our brothers and sisters in Christ. It's Jesus. We know what awaits the whole church is the coming of Jesus. The sure hope is the return. Eternal life in Jesus awaits you and me, and that is glorious. We have a hope, a sure hope. We have Jesus. Amen.